0: Welcome to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. In this podcast, we will focus on successful marketing methods for advisors that generate prospects and clients. We will learn from the best in the industry on how advisors in the trenches today are growing their practices. Join us for this journey where Brad draws from years of expertise and guest experts to help advisors reach their full potential.
1: Brad Swinehart of White Glove is here with the latest in his podcast series, Be Advised, Leading with Value. This time around, Brad is probing the thoughts of his friend, Jason Smith. Jason is a nationally known speaker, founder of The Bucket Plan, financial planner, best-selling author, coach, entrepreneur. He's CEO and founder of C2P Enterprises and financial services practice, the J.L. Smith Group. All right, Brad, as if that weren't enough... Tell us more about Jason and his take on the move to a virtual dimension for businesses.
2: I'm super excited to have Jason on today. Him and I have been good friends for a long time working together. And the thing that I love most about Jason and the bucket plan is the feedback that I get from individual advisors. The the feedback that they're telling me this works, this is a process that we can follow, and our clients really resonate so, or it really resonates with our clients. So Jason, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, just just the bucket plan in general. Where did that mentality, where did that training process come from? How did you develop that?
3: Yeah, thanks, uh, Brad. I'm excited to be on here with you. I, I do got to say, I got to change my bio because that makes me sound like way too big of a deal. <laughs> it's, it's not not that big of a deal, but Anyways, let me, yeah, let me tell you a little bit of a story of how the, how the bucket plan, like the earliest memory, right, that I have, because through the years now, over the last 20 years of me using this approach of time segmenting money, I've learned of all kinds of great thought leaders that, and if you go back to the earliest sighting, it's really Harold Davinsky, of the concept of bucketing. So, bucketing has been around a long time, and there's a million different versions of it out there. There's three bucket approaches, four, five, seven bucket approaches. But, you know, in my um, situation, the earliest memory that I have is when I was literally, I've always really liked the concept when I'm working with clients. of of drawing up on a dry erase board, right? Actually, I have a Pana board in my office. And so it's kind of cool. You can kind of print out, it's like kind of like a smart board you can print out at the bottom of what you're drawing on the board. And so I would always draw the client's assets, their different accounts up on the board. And they were boxes. When I'm going back 20 years ago, there were boxes. And I remember, I'll never forget the day and the client and the time that it happened. But as I'm drawing the three boxes, and I would explain, like, this is your money you leave in the bank. This is your emergency fund. This is the first of the three boxes. And I would explain the second box of, like, this is the money we need to create income off of. This is the money we need to be more conservative with. This is the money we need to be able to rely on sooner rather than later in retirement. And then this third and final box is really your long-term money. We can afford to take on more risk. That's where I would do a lot of life insurance planning. I would do a lot of equities. A lot, a lot of them are more risky, even if they had private placements, alternatives, we'd stick them out in that later bucket. It's like the long-term growth and uh, legacy planning bucket. So I always, but I always explained it in three boxes and I would, I would write out the accounts inside of the boxes and clients always understood it. I would even, Brad, take their, all their accounts and I would write them on sticky notes And we'd put them all out on the table. And then one at a time, I'd have them take the sticky notes and stand up and and stick them to the dry erase board, the piano board of like where they thought these accounts should go. And it was made it so much more consultative, collaborative. They were bought into the process as we were creating their plan because they were telling me they wanted to be more conservative with that money in the soon bucket. And I was doing a lot of annuities in the soon bucket and I was doing a lot of Uh, life insurance in the later bucket 20 years ago I used to bring in an investment guy before I was even licensed and so I remember though I'm going through this whole process with the client and we got there and I would total up the amount that would go in each box at the top of the box and then I remember I circled it and the client was like hey that kind of looks like a bucket And I'm like, yeah, it does. And then I circled the second and the third and all three of them had totals up at the top of the boxes and and there was three buckets. And that was like the original way that it, that it happened. But I saw great success early on of time segmenting the money, conceptualizing and getting the client bought in because they're telling me they want to take a conservative approach. They're telling me they want to pass those assets on to beneficiaries. So now the products, the life insurance, the annuities, they were just the tools to accomplish the goals that they set by putting those sticky notes within those boxes.
2: I love that because not only are you getting your client to interact with you, but you're making it simple, right? You're boiling it down to a very simple concept. So to to me, that would even make sense sitting in front of you. Hey, I got a sticky note. I want to do this, this, and this. So, that's that's awesome. That that light bulb moment that you've identified that 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 actually kind of makes me laugh, too. That's kind of fun. So I know you took that. And so, Brad. Yeah. 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 Go ahead.
3: Well, I was just going to because the question you asked me was around the process. Right. But what I just explained to you, because there's there's a big difference between the philosophy of bucketing. And again, there's a lot of versions out there. It's been a long, around for a long, long time a lot of different thought leaders out there that have embraced the concept of bucketing. And so this is what's unique to us is really just this three bucket approach of now, soon and later of the now bucket being your emergency fund, your safe and liquid, your soon bucket being the conservative money that you're going to want to may need to draw for income sooner rather than later. So you're taking a more conservative approach to buy a time horizon between the now and the soon bucket. give your client the confidence to invest the rest of the money to make the commitments in the later bucket and ride out the volatility in the market for long-term growth and then also for legacy planning. And when I'm explaining to a client, hey, legacy planning is not just for the kids. It's most importantly for the surviving spouse. Because when one spouse passes away, most of us know in this industry what happens is, their income goes down because they lose a check, right? It's all about checks. And when one spouse passes away, they almost always lose a check. They lose a social security check, a pension check. Maybe there's some part-time work check, but a check is lost. So income goes down and then simultaneously income taxes go up because a single filer versus married filing jointly, it's half the standard deductions and all the brackets shrink. As you know, for a single filer versus married filing jointly, so it's an exponential increase in the amount of in-tax, income tax liability to the surviving spouse. So legacy planning, and I love explaining it this way to a prospect because the light bulb goes on. And this is what I'd encourage all of you to do is like, if you're using, or we're going to talk about bucketing when you talk about legacy planning, it's not just for the kids. It's most importantly for the surviving spouse because it's a double whammy income goes down income taxes go up. And so that's the philosophy of bucketing, Brad. But what we've done that's a little bit even more unique is we've taken our three-bucket approach of the now, soon, and later to simplify, right? Because simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And so that's Leonardo da Vinci. And so what we've done is we've taken that three-bucket approach and we built a process around it right? We built a financial planning, a simplified financial planning process that you don't need a bunch of software. You don't need a bunch of Monte Carlo simulations. You don't need to be a CFP, even though most of our people, half of our people are CFPs because they tend to overcomplicate and the bucket plan helps them simplify. But at the end of the day, it's a simplified financial planning process that's been built around the philosophy of bucketing.
2: And I remember you told me a story one time of an advisor who who went through the whole bucket plan and and explained everything to the to the prospect or client. And then they drew out on a little piece of notepaper, right? That the <laughs> the little buckets on the notepaper. And then the client walked away and said, Well, can I can I take that? Can I take like I don't want your big financial plan that you wrote out? I'd like that notepaper that you wrote on. And I think that really Yeah, Brett. <laughs> that really Yeah. That story was that a white
3: is, glove. <laughs> and so it was at a White Club University. That story was literally after I spoke at the Toronto White Club University last summer, or whenever that was. I was at some, I don't know it was last year sometime. <laughs> and the guy saw me speak, and when he came back the second day, he told that story on camera. Dean was like interviewing him. He was just blown away by it. It's pretty cool. He closed a big account.
2: I love that. And I know you've built a very successful training program around this concept. And it's, it really does help advisors. And that's, that's why I'm excited to have you on today, because I've talked to advisors that have gone through that training program, and they love it. They said, You know what, I've been doing this for years, and this instantly impacted my business. So with that training program, and the new environment that we're in the new opportunities that are out there virtually, how have you guys transitioned at the bucket plan to to still train and support advisors now that most everything is going virtual?
3: Right. Well, we pivoted pretty hard, um, no doubt about it. And we were very fortunate that my business partner, Dave Allison, and you know Dave, and he has run a very successful financial planning practice out of Palo Alto, California, working with high net worth, entre you know some entrepreneurs and basically executives in the tech industry and so Facebook and Google you know, those type of clients and so he has he lives here in Cleveland Ohio but he's built an amazingly successful financial planning practice in Palo Alto completely virtual so he is way ahead of the curve than anybody I had really known in the industry and lucky enough He's my business partner. So Dave was able to provide a tremendous amount of thought leadership in regards to how to set up yourself with all the appropriate technology in a virtual environment to have the right tools, the right resources, kind of all the mistakes he's made through the years that he's troubleshooted through. And we were able to build out online university e-learning courses to teach the advisors how, what technology they need, how to utilize the technology, and then ultimately to provide them with a level of success. But then what we did is what's cool about it again is he's been running the bucket plan remotely for a number of years. And so he had already figured a lot of this stuff out. So for example, so powerful, as I talked about earlier in the story of like the three boxes that turned into three buckets, but still today, we collaboratively create the bucket plan with the client. What you don't wanna do is just be like, here's your bucket plan and I'm gonna sell you this within these buckets. There's an art to collaborating with the client because they buy in. It's called consultative selling. It's asking questions, asking questions and then you package and feedback, all of their answers based on what their pain points were, what their priorities were. And that's what we do and what we teach within the overall bucket plan system and training. But so what Dave has done, though, and what we've been able to teach advisors to do is how to pivot and do that virtually. And so, for example, I'll just rattle off some of the quick things. Too many people rely on their Internet connection for the audio. You should always dial in. You should dial in and then utilize the Internet for your video. Because if there's a disruption in the video, you can keep talking them through the audio. And so that was like a simple thing that a lot of people don't think about. And it happens, right? Tech fails. Internet connections fail. Stuff freezes up, this, that, and the other. And it's seamless if you're dialed in. And when you do dial in, by the way, invest in a a set of AirPods, right? Make sure that you get yourself a set of AirPods for good sound quality. I mean, it makes a monster difference than trying to do it on a speakerphone or whatever it is. So Parrot, simple AirPods is great. When it comes to a camera, you want to do a ring light. I mean, that's super important. You want them to see your face lit up really appropriately, invest in a decent camera that gets mounted right in the middle of that ring light. So, I mean, that's a simple thing. The other thing is is going back to that whole drawing on a whiteboard. And I think there's a psychology to that because when you're standing up on the whiteboard and you're teaching concepts and you're collaborating with your client, it's like almost like a teacher student. And so what happens in a virtual environment though, how in the heck, or say you're a notepad presenter. So even if you don't do it up on a whiteboard, say you do it on a notepad and that's the way you as an advisor out there have done a lot of your sales in the past. You, you explain concepts on a notepad. Well, you don't wanna lose that in a virtual environment. So what you wanna do is you wanna get yourself a tablet. You wanna up, uh, upload, download, whatever, I guess it'd be download Microsoft OneNote is a great one that we utilize. And then we upload all the documents that we wanna draw on and utilize at point of sale to explain the concepts. And then what we simply do, Brad, is we actually have the tablet log in as, a, as an additional meeting participant. So that way the camera's on me, I'm working off my laptop, but I have the tablet right there. I can write on the tablet with the pen and I can bring up the documents. And anytime I want to use the document, I just simply click the button, share screen, and boom, it's in the meeting. They can see my screen on the tablet. I can draw on it. I have a blank screen that I can draw the different concepts all while they're looking at me right on the camera. And it's, it's silly stuff that people will try to cut corners and what they'll do is they'll be like, Oh, well, I'll just put the camera on the tablet. Then they're looking up your nose. That doesn't work, right? You need to make sure you like invest in these different things. And this is in the sales process. And so there's a whole different set, as you know, of technology and things that you need in the marketing process. Because, I mean, there's a difference of marketing and then selling in a virtual environment. For selling, it's, it's the bucket plan. It's all the technology. It's some of the things that we just talked about. But when it comes to marketing, as you know, that's a whole nother set of technology and things.
2: Yeah, and I think we over at White Glove have that that pretty well down pat on how to how to market in a virtual yeah. environment for sure. We got, we got that a little hundred percent little yeah. dialed in for sure. So in your uh, you know you're still a, an active advisor today. And what have you seen has been the most impactful change? You you've gone virtual. I know you've done White Glove seminars in the past. You've used the the Social Connect program even. But what what are you seeing as being the, the best opportunity for an advisor today in this, this, new, this new environment?
3: Yeah, I mean, from an opportunity standpoint, I think that I saw, I, I believe it was a TED talk by Simon Sinek, but Simon Sinek, I don't believe, came up with this. You can Google it, but what it is, is there's five different groups of people when it comes to embracing technology. There's five different kind of distinct groups of people and how they go about the process of embracing technology. And so, in what those five groups are named, and then I'll tell you a little bit, like the first one is the innovators. The second one is the early adopters. The third one is the early majority. The fourth is the late majority and the fifth are the laggards. So what happens is, is the innovators jump out there right away And they're willing to spend the money, they're willing to do research and development, they're willing to crash and burn to try to figure it out as quickly as possible. They're the people that will wait five hours in line for the new iPhone, right? They just want to be on the cutting edge, and they want to take action, and they're willing to take risks, and they jump out right right in front. That's a small percentage of the overall group. The second group that you have is those early adopters. The early adopters, they kind of watch those innovators go crash and burn. Then they're like, oh, they're starting to figure it out. I need to be first on. I need to be part of that group. So they pause for a minute, but then they jump in and you start to get a higher percentage. But you're talking about like maybe 5% in the innovators, maybe 10, 15% of the early adopters. Right now, what I'm seeing is the innovators, when it comes to hunting in a virtual environment, which is what we're all trying to figure out. How do you go bring on new clients and new assets in a virtual environment? Well, it's it's virtual sales and it's virtual marketing. You got to master them both and you got to spend time on both of them. Like you said, Brad, White club has got the marketing piece figured out and all the technology and training and sport and everything you need. You also need the sales. You got to be able to be really, really good at doing a sales process with all the point of sales tools to simplify it, have the right technology to walk them through the virtual environment. And so what happened, what's happened so far is in March and April, the innovators jumped in. They were throwing everything against the wall to see whatever would stick. They were crashing and burning, doing research and development, figuring it out. Then what happened was in, is May and June, you had their early adopters jump in. Those are the guys, they saw the innovators and they're like, all right, I can't get left behind. I got to figure this out. They jumped in they started doing it. May, June. Now what you have in July and August is you're starting to see the early majority start to move in and start to take action there. But so many advisors had made the mistake because ultimately you got to get the early and late majority before the bulk of the people are actually taking action but the opportunity right now is to be part of that early majority be part of the early majority be an innovator in your community in your area and in the people you're trying to market to because if you're if you're late and then or you're a laggard then all your competitors are going to already have seized the opportunity so the opportunity right now is to take action to book a white glove workshop right to embrace, get a training. If it's not the bucket plan and, and this training that we offer, find another one, but get yourself really proficient in a, in, a, in a sales process that works in a virtual environment and getting all that technology and everything else because you want to be part of the early majority and it's not, not too late, but you've got to take action right now because otherwise it's going to get saturated and your competitors are going to beat you to it. And you want to be known to all those people you're marketing to, to your current clients, to their friends and family, to their loved ones, and as well as to your prospects you have in your database. You want to be the one known as the one that's coming out, you know, ahead of the curve.
2: Well, that's that old saying, right? If you want to wow your prospects, you want to wow your customers, you need to bring them the information before they know to look for it. If they come and find you or they come and find your competitor, then then you've lost that wow factor. But when you come to them with that information of, hey, this is something you should be paying attention to and you can turn that light bulb on, that's something they're never gonna forget. So let's just wrap up here. There's just one, one last question for you, Jason for your personal practice or what you're training your advisors through the bucket plan. Can you just give us an overview of what that sales process looks like? Is it one virtual call? Is it a virtual call? Then an in-person meeting? Is it three virtual calls? What does that sales process look like in today's environment?
3: Sure. I'm going to spend just like one to two minutes. So you understand how we set up the sales process. And then I'll walk you through the sales process because as you know, Brad, marketing and sales are completely connected like hand in glove, right? And so from a marketing standpoint, we're, we're, we're doing a lot of virtual seminars. We're doing one a week and our goal is to get 45 attendees because what we're finding is about 20% of those 45 will go ahead and set up what we call a right fit client call. So we just, our call to action is to try to get a 20 minute call. When we get on that virtual seminar, the first thing we do is we let them know up front for any of the attendees that stay to the end, we're going to send you out a copy of the bucket plan book. That's our gift to you if you stay to the end of the virtual seminar. And so we, we let them know that up front to incentivize people to stay to the end. Then, of course, we have Calendly, so they have direct access to be able to link, the, uh, to, link to our calendars to set the, the appointment but our call to action all throughout the virtual seminar is we're at the end of the call. We're going to give the opportunity to book an appointment or as we near the end of the call and we're letting them know. So they're not like call future casting, right? So they're not taken off guard all of a sudden when you're asking them to book an appointment. So we talk about that right fit client call all throughout. We let them know they're going to get a copy of the bucket plan book. We hit on that, the philosophy of bucketing. So they're intrigued, all those kind of things at the end we book a right fit client call. And this is where the sales process starts because the first thing we want to do is we want to, number one, we want to keep momentum going forward. And so sometimes setting up a virtual meeting or, or coming into the office in the COVID environment and everything else, we don't want to lose momentum with all those mental obstacles that could be in the way. And so we just want to set a simple phone call and on that phone call, what we're basically doing is identifying what their resources are, what their top three, two to three priorities are of what they're trying to accomplish in their own financial life. Really, we're uncovering pain points, and we have a series of questions and scripts and everything of how we go about identifying and digging deep on those pain points. We identify what the resources they've accumulated thus far, and I, the terminology there is key. And then- because we're disqualifying the people that we really can't help, that aren't a good fit for our firm. And so we have that right fit client call, but it also keeps momentum going because we want to book as many of those calls as quickly as we can. So only by doing 20-minute calls, it keeps the momentum going forward. So we, that's the first step is basically we disqualify. We make sure we disqualify the people that aren't a good fit for the people who are, on a, good, are a good fit. Then we go ahead and set up a discovery meeting. So we basically have a four-step process, in the which is the bucket plan. But in that discovery meeting, that's where we're basically focused on making the connection, starting to do the fact-finding, unc- going deeper on the pain points. And so we get the engagement for them to agree to go through the process. Then in that step two, we start the design process. And there's a lot of that interaction. It's more fact-finding, gathering the information. So that's step two. And then step three is the deliver, right? And so the deliver is where we're actually delivering their, their individual customized bucket plan. So in essence, it's three steps before we go to deliver and then dedicated is the fourth and final step. And that's where we basically do those final meetings to deliver policies, go over the accounts, logins, to passwords, all that final stuff to make sure they're settled after we've moved the assets. But that's basically what that looks like, Brad.
2: That's awesome. Thank you very much for outlining that Jason. And and I think that it's powerful hearing real success, you know, both with your experience and your partner's experience, being an advisor, running the bucket plan. Just a, a wealth of knowledge that we, that we went through today. And I really appreciate you being on the show.
3: Uh, It was my pleasure. Always, Brad, love talking to you, buddy.
1: Great insights, guys, into success for advisors in a virtual world. Brad Swinehart of White Glove and Jason Smith of C2P Enterprises and the JL Smith Group. To subscribe to this podcast and get word of new episodes, simply use the subscribe button on this page. And to share with friends and colleagues, of course, use the share button. Thank you
0: for listening to Be Advised, Leading with Value with Brad Swinehart. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Mike Glove. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.